is Dawn Schuler, certified trainer and business consultant at the Schuler Group with When People Thrive, Companies Thrive podcast. Today, I am again joined by my life and business partner, Mark, as we talk about what we have to go through on a daily basis, we humans, that is, and some of the things that get in the way, help us, might assist us in coping, and can also get in the way. So Mark, you might recall a few nights ago, we were sitting on the couch and I was processing my day and I told you I was feeling stressed and anxious. Do you remember that conversation? Yes, I certainly do. And it, at that point, it was a few days before the holidays. And uh, even with the most functional of families, there can be some stress around the holidays. What do you cook for dinner? And what about the Christmas Eve rituals and blah, 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 and all that. And then we were thinking about, well, gee, COVID is worse now than it ever has been. But we've been dealing with this since March for nine months. So why should that be a problem? And then we started talking about what I call normalizing. And I don't I don't know if, it, if that's a word that actually exists in the world. It's what I call it. And it's what we do when we come upon situations similar to what you're describing. And the reason we do it, and I'll talk a little bit more about that later, possibly, is that we do not particularly like stress. Humans don't like being stressed. They don't crave being stressed. And there's natural tendencies, instinctive tendency, tendencies to um, do something about that. And that's what I call normalizing. So when we do this, there, well, what I want to say is there's kind of like there's extreme normalizing and then there's, you know, anywhere in between. So you've got like a one to 10 scale of, of what happens when we do this. And the other thing I want to say is this is not to be confused with stuffing something. Stuffing something usually happens, stuffing the stress, the stress is still there. We're just trying to keep a lid on it. And that usually happens sooner than later. When you have sort of an ongoing chronic situation, that's more the time when you're going to try to do whatever you can to make it a normal part of your life and therefore reduce the stress. So one of the things I wanted to talk about is the difference between, say, a 1 to 3 on the 1 to 10 scale or a 9 and 10 on the 1 to 10 scale. So let's do an example of a 1 to 3. That would be that annoying thing that's happening with your car that you haven't fixed. And every time you get in your car, you may whack your forehead and say, darn, I should have done something about that. But it's okay because it's not really affecting, seriously affecting the functioning of the car. An example that I have is that my Honda years ago would lock itself. The door was open, but as soon as you pull the handle, the electronics would lock the door. And I had to go through these interesting gyrations to figure out how to open the door quickly enough so that it would lock itself, but it would already be halfway open or whatever. And then not only that, when I loaned the car to my lovely wife, who's standing next to me, I had to figure out how to describe the mechanism and allow her to be able to open the car door too without having it lock on her. So this, I don't remember how long this went on, but this is what I would call a one to three normalizing. We normalize that behavior and therefore it wasn't as stressful because I figured out how to do it, but I had to create a way to keep it down at a certain level. So now let's talk about 
uh, a nine or a 10 on the normalizing scale. And the ongoing thing I wanted to talk about is that in, in Israel, everybody was on their guard all the time. And eventually people started talking about the look that somebody had, a bomber had on their face. It was like staring straight forward and, and, and this kind of glazed look because they knew they were going to die in however many minutes. Well, what they found out is people already figured that out. So people instinctively knew where what was safe and what wasn't safe. And what that did is it lowered their stress levels because eventually they, they either consciously or unconsciously figured out where to go and how what to do. The other example of that would be a besieged city. And, the, and a prime example of that is the siege of Leningrad, which lasted, I believe, almost four years. Eventually, they had businesses in Leningrad that were open on one side of the street. And everybody knew to walk on that side of the street because the shelling was coming over the tops of the buildings from the direction and, and hitting the buildings on the other side of the streets. So they actually normalized a situation that we can't even imagine. So that would be an example of a, of a 9 to 10 on the normalizing scale. So I want to go back to something you said about that how normalizing can reduce our stress. Because if we're living at that stress level and we're always in crisis mode and the adrenaline is going, that's not good for our bodies among many other things, or our mental health, or our productivity, all of that. But your example of the car also reminds me of problems we had with our car that we recently, you know, had to put to sleep and get a new car, is it had a parking brake problem. And so if we parked anywhere on an incline, and the parking brake didn't work, it was going to drift forward. So anytime we drove somewhere, drove into a parking lot, I was always scanning what's the best place to park where it's not going to drift forward or backward. It has been four months since we've had that car. And with our new car, I drive into a parking lot and I can almost feel this sense of relief. I can park anywhere. I don't have to scan the parking lot for the most ideal spot where I won't drift. So I'm going to guess that during that time that the Tucson had that parking brake problem, it was using up some energy units. We've talked about Mm -hmm. that before. It caused some stress. Yes, indeed. And, and And what's interesting about what you just said is that it was only when that when the circumstance was gone, that you realized how much stress was probably still all already there. Because you were scanning, especially probably the first, so was I, probably the first month after we got the new car, that those thoughts were going through our head and they were almost natural. They just, they just happened. And uh, so it's almost like you have to relieve the problem and then you realize, okay, how much was I normalizing that situation? How much did that become a normal part of my life and a normal part of my schema? And I still go to the place of if we're normalizing something because we can't handle the untenableness of the situation, and maybe we have to 
Right now we're in the midst of COVID. We have to keep ourselves safe. We have to practice behaviors Mm -hmm. to keep us, our family, our neighbors safe. So we have normalized the situation. You know, I'm all excited because I have my dragon mask and I, you know, I get to express my love of purple and of dragons in the same mask, but I still have to wear a mask. And why am I still wearing a mask? Because it's going to help stop the spread of this disease. And why do we want to stop the spread of this disease? Because it kills people and it's highly virulent and contagious. But so we're normalizing this. But it doesn't mean it's not there or that the stress isn't there. It means that we are like constantly doing things to lower the stress. When COVID first hit and we started having to do these things, I mean, if you, if I can mention something that happened with you, I think it was probably a month or more before you had gone into a grocery store after COVID hit. And therefore you hadn't really had to do whatever the protocols were. And I remember when you came back, you, you'd, had all kinds of things to say. Well, I went into a full-blown panic attack. Dystopian panic attack. And then you had to wear a mask where you were a panic attack and you couldn't breathe. That was a... So that was a high-stress situation for you. Now when you go into a grocery store wearing your mask, it's just, you know, life as usual. So, and that's why the uh, term new normal is very interesting. uh, Because, yes, we are creating a new normal. We will never go, even if we do not wear masks anymore and everybody says it's all done, there's a vaccine, etc. Many of us will be observing higher levels of protocol and behaviors to keep ourselves safe from disease than we ever have in our lives. So let's turn this toward, huh, I'd say normal life, but, you know, when is life normal, you know, in 2020 or not? And... I have a feeling that we probably normalize things more than we realize, Mm -hmm. whether it's the parking brake that doesn't work in the car or, you know, something else that's going on with a person or a situation or a relationship or at work. How many things do we normalize? Not necessarily stuff, but if we're normalizing, we're not really acknowledging that this situation could be stressful and anxiety causing. So I think what I'm trying to do is really delve into that balance between I've got to live my life and and in this untenable situation or potentially untenable situation that maybe I'm not quite prepared to fix. We decided not to fix the parking brake on the Tucson. How do I balance that with not ignoring it? So this thing is happening. I either can't do anything about it or I'm choosing not to. So I got to do something. And at the same time, I don't want to ignore the fact that it is using energy units. And so that when I'm surprised one evening that I'm feeling all this stress and we start recounting all the things that are going on in the world, the political situation, the holidays, unknown contracts, whether they're going to come through or not. And I realized, wow, yeah, there's a lot going on. We can't stay in that space forever. So Mark, my question is, how do we balance that whole, 
is part of survival normalizing. And at the same time, let's not ignore it. Yeah. I mean, I think what you're saying is uh, you're you're committed to not stuffing it because that's not going to do you or anybody any good. But you also don't want to go to the other extreme and just either pretend to or 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 ignore it. Where where's the you know, where's the medium? Conversations like we're talking about are very important in that because because we're what we're saying is we have this natural tendency to do this. So what we need to bring more to consciousness is that very truth right there, that there is a natural tendency for us to try to normalize whatever we can't deal with so that we reduce our stress levels. Um, One of the things you mentioned in that conversation just now was what I call incompletions. Incompletions are often very stressful. If you, if so, especially if somebody, the, the, the classic example was my office Monday morning, the boss tells you that, and it's Friday evening. So, so they've just dumped on you, and you've got the whole weekend to, to uh, stress over it. Uh, that would be an incompletion. Things that you can't have no control over and that either are going to happen on some timeline that's not your own, or you know what the timeline is, but you have to wait. So those are high... Those are high-level stressors. Uh, when they are farther out, uh, like let's say something's going to happen three weeks from now, that's when we start to normalize. That's when we start to talk ourselves into it's not that bad, it's whatever, and then we start to move on and and probably actually do lower our stress levels. Um, and we still need to bring it more to consciousness to be able to understand that that's what we're doing. Knowing that that's what we do as a as a species uh, instinctively etc is the first step into becoming more aware that this is happening i think it's it's a tough call because there are some things we can't really do anything about like Mm -hmm. covid i mean we can do what we can to stop the spread but we can't make it go away we can't make it so that we can now gather in groups of more than 10 or go into a store without a mask that we cannot change right now um And so, but it is that struggle of be aware, you're responsible for your own happiness, your own choices, your own responses to things. And I think this is where I'm going. It's that be aware that whole your own responses to things may be covered up slightly by the fact that you're normalizing and you're not really thinking about the fact that, you know, even though we're still nine months into this whole COVID thing, it's still stressful. Yes. And that's what we discovered a couple of nights ago is that, that uh, we're asking those questions. Why am I feeling this way? And then actually looking at the possibilities and realizing, yeah, we're trying to live in a, in a you know, level five stressful society right now. And, and and we are, you know, semi-consciously trying to bring it down to a level three and wanting to behave as if it's that way. And I think another thing that impacts that is individually, this is true for both you and me, Mark, and possibly even societally, we want to fix things. Yes. There is a problem. We will fix it. Mm-hmm. We've talked about how we're very solution-oriented. You know, that's what our business is about. And... We're having to normalize something, which means we're taking something that we don't really like, but we're 
we're creating it as normal or bringing it into our quote unquote normal life as much as possible because somehow we've got to fix it. Or, be, but because, or, or we because can't, somehow we can't. Yes. We have to. And so I think that's part of it is recognizing there are some things we can do nothing about. And there are some of us who don't do well with that. It, it reminds me of the serenity prayer. Let me see if I can grant me the, the um, what is it, the, 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 to fix the things I... I can't. I'm not going to say it right, but but fixing the things that I can, and have, having patience with the things that I cannot fix, and knowing the difference. That's a really rough example of. So I'm sure somebody out there knows it ex- word for word. So anyway, uh, it's been a while, uh, but uh, but the idea is the patience to to not be able to 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 accept the things I cannot change. That's it. Now it's coming back to me, uh, and that again is kind of what we're talking about. The things we can't change, whatever level of stress they they are causing us or caused us, we have to have the patience to realize we can't do anything about them. What we're talking about is is one of the mechanisms for doing that, which is is lowering our stress levels by saying, okay, well, it's just, it is what it is. I can't change it. There's lots of different things we do to normalize situations that really aren't that normal. So to wrap this up, and I would love to hear your opinion on this, my opinion is while normalizing can be a helpful coping mechanism, there's a dark side to it. That, And I'd say that could be true for many coping mechanisms. Yes. Because they're helping us cope, that can be... That can be helpful because it helps us get through, but they can have their side effects as well. What is your take on that? I would say that's a very um, astute and accurate uh, view. I, the, I, you go back to the example of the, the one to three, the example of the parking brake in the car or whatever. Uh, what is the cost to us mm-hmm. of just keeping that, you know, of, of having that be semi-conscious all the time? What is the cost of that? And sometimes the cost may be worth it, and sometimes it may not. And that's where your dark side is. If we just do this blindly, then we're probably going to um, suffer in other ways from the normalizing behavior. Great. Well, thank you for delving into this discussion with me because I felt it was really important for us to get clear on it ourselves, mm-hmm. but then also to share some of these thoughts and insights with others. So for those of you listening, I hope you found this helpful. And if you have any feedback for either Mark or myself, please feel free to reach out to us at www.theshulergroupllc.com. Until next time, may you thrive.